Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation, uh, where I like to focus on the topics, the concepts, and the people and the stories that really matter and truly impact your life. And tonight is no exception. Um, I was fortunate enough to link up with a uh, resident um, out in Australia to uh, kind of give us her perspective and, and, and feed us some information on what's happening out there. Um, because as we all know, we can't uh, we can't trust our, our mainstream media to truly help us become informed citizens in, in any country, period. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and, and bring her on here. Sibby, uh, are you still there? Yes, I am. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, welcome to Snell Nation. Uh, thank you for coming on. And I know that you have a lot to say, so I, I don't want to eat up uh, eating too much of your time. So if you could, please, if you can, if you can give the listeners just a, l- a little background about yourself, um, just a short summary about your region, and then you can feel free to dive right into um, the, the COVID madness of 2020 and 2021 in your area. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. I think one of the biggest issues uh, we have at the moment, as you know, is communication and mainstream media not making things known. So having me on your podcast is fantastic. And um, I think it's important that all of us need to make an effort to get our voices heard um, because we can't trust the mainstream media. So about me, um, short, um, I came to Australia in 1983 uh, from Germany. Um, I run my own business in Australia, uh, always have, and I do a bit of offshore yacht racing. So I'm one of these people that came to Australia that, uh, for reasons of uh, freedom, I think. Uh, it was the free country, the lucky country, and we all know it to be that in the past, um, you know, where you can buy a block of land, a thousand acres, a hundred acres, put some cattle on, and... Um, Basically, uh, you know, do what you like. Um, it's not like that now, and that's not where we're headed either. So it's um, quite disturbing to a lot of Australians uh, where we are going, uh, and I think it's been in the making for 20 years, politically speaking. So one of the things that I've observed being a migrant in this country and appreciating the true freedoms that Australia used to offer is that a lot of countries have a lot of people in this country have taken uh, the freedoms for granted and they are what I call asleep because we've been the lucky country they've always assumed that that's how how it was always going to be and I think they've purposely withdrawn somewhat from politics, getting involved. It's easier not to get involved. It's easier to avoid the path of resistance. In other words, let's just have a Barbie in our backyard. Let's not get involved with what's going on. And I think as a result of that, what's happened, and I've noticed this particularly over the last Um, two to three years, is all of our politicians, I mean, we have a very complicated political system in the sense that we have federal and then we have states and territories. And they seem to be working against each other. But 
on every level they seem to be passing legislation in the dead of the night without due processes and without proper consultation and knowing of the citizens, uh, which basically means unless you know where to find this stuff and unless you look for it, you're not aware that at 2 a.m. in the morning they may have passed the legislation that basically allows them to come to your house, do testing, and depending on the outcome of the testing, they can take your children and put them into institutions or quarantine uh, facilities. I only know of very, very few people in Australia that are actually aware that this is going on, and yet that's a legislation that's been passed August, September last year in South Australia. And that's quite concerning because when you look at my background and where I come from, and having lived next door to East Germany for, you know, considerable time, I find that concerning. And this is happening throughout the states. And I don't think our Prime Minister has put the effort in to get involved. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, and he doesn't seem to be standing up to the premiers in each of the states. Yeah, it sounds like um, uh, there's some definite uh, parallels. Um, I would say we, we followed kind of that same uh, timeline where about 20 years ago, when it, I believe within our country, it started with the birth of the, uh, the Patriot Act, which came about right after the 9-11 attacks, actually about one month after those attacks happened. This legislation came out of nowhere. It made it easier to sort of label people as um, extremists or as terrorists or just pretty much any American citizen can be easily labeled and blacklisted and, and all that. So and then it's just been a constant. We've had, you know, the the, um, the Liberty Act and the Freedom Act and all that stuff. And they have great names, um, but they all equate to the same thing. And, and we have the same back and forth between our state and our federal government, but they seem to be uh, bipartisan on it, just taking liberties away and, and, and uh, government expansion. So yeah, there's, we definitely have some uh, connections there. Yes. Yes. And it's, and it's very concerning, but what I find more concerning is that the average Australian because, and, and I assume it's the same over uh, in, in the States. I mean, I used to live in the States for 12 months in Colorado and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, but uh, I think the average citizen doesn't want to know, doesn't know how to know, and so it's easier to stick their head in the sand. Um, and that's quite concerning because if we don't stand up for our rights, we won't have any by the time we're finished. And, I mean, last weekend and the weekend before is a classic example. Weekend before, as you know, worldwide, we had all the uh, protests, very peaceful protests, there was quite a number of arrests, unlawful arrests, um, fines. And we have our doctors saying in the media that they will hunt us down and they will identify us on CCTV footage and they will punish us. So we've gone from that to this weekend, over 200 police cars on the streets of Sydney Helicopters flying around warning us to go inside. 
newspaper articles coming out uh, advising us that new legislation uh, is, is being discussed with regards to $11,000 fines if you're seen to be involved in unlawful protests, if you're seen to incite, and more fines if you actually turn up and participate. Now, the last time I looked, we were democratic and we were allowed to peacefully protest and convey uh, our feelings and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, discuss our freedoms, discuss our rights. Um, that's not where we're headed, though. And this weekend, I think, has been really, really concerning. And what's even worse is that none of this was found on mainstream media. I picked it up through my networks from the UK and from the States. Hmm. See, that's not, yeah, that's, that's also something that's not that surprising. Um, there were, I didn't even know about these freedom rallies and, and everything that was going on until a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then friends started sending me uh, video feeds directly um, just saying, hey, we're out here doing this and this. We even had a rally in, uh, in New York City, too, I think. And I had no clue until people actually sent videos directly to me and said, hey, I'm at this rally. There's like 50,000 of us. Or there's 30,000 of us. Like, holy cow. Like, why? You know, it, it, you know, it's rhetorical, but it's kind of like, you know, why why are they not covering this? This this should be news. We got mm. tens of millions mm. protesting worldwide. Yep. And the numbers are being misconstrued as well um, in that, you know, media coverage on the um, Sydney rallies last weekend um, will tell you that um, there was 3,500 people. Now, I've spoken to people that were there. And uh, we're talking 35,000 and more. Hmm. Uh, and that's quite concerning that, you know, clearly the media uh, is, uh, you know, uh, following the narrative of, and, and it's right across the board. Uh, they're over-exaggerating COVID deaths. They're under-exaggerating the vaccine um, effects and, um, you know, hospitalizations, and they're underestimating the numbers uh, at these rallies on purpose. Um, and I have no doubt that the latter is to make us feel like we have no support, uh, when in reality, the majority of people out there feel similar but perhaps are a little bit afraid to step forward because they don't feel they have the support. Well, and uh, it's, yes, it's, a, it's the same thing here. I've had quite a few people uh, reach out to me and warn me and like, hey, well, what happens if, you know, you lose your job, you lose this, you lose, you lose that. And it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not committing a crime here. Like when I, when I talk about um, deaths from, from these, uh, I don't even like calling them vaccines, but these shots, I'm getting the data through the CDC and from the VAERS HHS.gov website. Like these are legitimate sources. Like the information is there, but people are so terrified they won't even touch it. Yes. And, and we actually, we work against each other where it's like, Hey, let's keep everyone in line. Oh, well, don't, don't say too much now or don't do this now, you know? Yes. And I've got the same on this end where all uh, the information I um, obtain very similar to you, uh, is credible. I look at the credibility of it. 
and people don't even want to hear it. And and I'm being censored, uh, very similar to you. I mean, I've, I've been kicked off multiple uh, mainstream uh, social media platforms because uh, I have presented facts, data, court documentation, um, you know, things that are officially available but we're not supposed to be talking about. Um, I've uh, presented videos of uh, legal conferences between uh, Dr. Reiner Fulmich, uh, Dr. David Martin, uh, Astrid from Switzerland, who uh, was the whistleblower uh, for WHO, World Health Organization. And all of this stuff is being censored as being, um, you know, against a narrative and not being true, when in fact it, 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 it's real data, it's real facts. And I can remember when I first started out on this path last year, um, I had a look, and this is just one example. I had a look at the uh, Bureau of um, uh, Australian Statistics um, uh, on, it's a .gov website. And I went on to the page that talked about how death is classified on the, um, <clears throat> on the from, from a statistical point of view. And it clearly said, and this is quite concerning, if a health professional even remotely suspects that COVID could have been involved, the death certificate must state COVID as the cause of death. Now you think about that. If a health professional even remotely suspects that COVID could have been involved. That's not science, mm -hmm. that's guesswork. And you add that to the fact that some of the government websites were quite clearly publishing the financial incentives on a daily basis for the COVID statistics in aged care. So in other words, if a person was diagnosed as having COVID, bearing in mind that we're using a PCR test that now scientifically and legally has been declared to be unreliable, they were getting something like $2,700 per day per person in aged care as a financial incentive. And the hospitals were getting something like $35,000. All of that, including the death classification on the ABN website have all disappeared. So the minute we started distributing this, this knowledge, this, this the, the, the pages amongst our networks, all of a sudden it disappeared. Mm. Yeah, and when yeah. you think mm. about, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that you feel the same way I do, that the minute you involve financial incentives, and the minute someone has something to gain, the statistics are no longer reliable. Well, and and over here, what we had, well, we had several stimulus packages that were that were pushed out, um, and they were sold as to you know to help the the tens of millions that were forced into becoming unemployed because of all the the lockdowns and all the crazy, constantly changing uh, restrictions, um, but. We, we had that going on, but they would always squeeze in something in each stimulus package that involved money being set aside, you know, hundreds of billions being set aside, 
um, that were centered around that. Like it, it essentially was, it was incentives, you know, for the medical sector. But when you would bring that up, you know, it's just quit being a conspiracy theorist. We've got pharmaceutical companies, you know, set to make 20, 30, 40 billion dollars just from these shots. And you, you can't talk about that. It's like, well, these, these financial incentives, it changes the game. You know, if they of if it's really it's about saving lives and, you know, money would be a part of the equation, you know, but but it is. <laughs> So. That's right. And I think people need to go back to basics. And I, I, and I keep saying this to people. Stop labelling people as conspiracy theorists or nutters or whatever you want to call them. I mean, I've been called many things over the last 18 months. And I have said to people, when have I ever presented anything to you that hasn't been able to be substantiated somehow statistically or through official publications or through lawyers or doctors? Not at any stage have I made something up about, you know, people coming from Mars or, or whatever. People need to get back to basics. And if you go back for thousands of years in history, every time money has been involved or power has been involved, statistics become unreliable. There is a bias that creeps in and we have a conflict of interest. Now, if you go to any court of law, the minute you present evidence, it's scrutinized for credibility and it's scrutinized for bias and conflicts of interest all of that seems to have disappeared over the last 20 years and it's it's allowed not only our politicians and your politicians and 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 many other politicians on the world stage but it's also allowed organizations such as the CDC the World Health Organization and the World Economic um, Forum to creep the boundaries. And by creeping the boundaries over time, it becomes acceptable to people and that becomes the new norm. And I think people need to sit down and ask themselves, when did critical thinking and examining the evidence and where does the funding come from and the money come from? When did that not become an issue? It's always been an issue for thousands and thousands of years what I keep driving home with people is, you know, have a look where the money comes from. And sometimes it's not obvious. You and I both know that these people in power are very clever. They will register entities that are supposedly doing something on a front of, you know, it might be um, uh, helping uh, people in need or it might be uh, uh, some sort of organisation registered to, um, you know, uh, promote food in, in uh, underprivileged countries or whatever. But they're essentially just shifting the money around. It, the, the, the origin always comes back to them. So it's, yes, it's not straightforward. And yes, it's, it, it can be deceitful. But people need to just look at Who's behind those organisations? Who holds the shareholdings? Where does the money really come from? And it becomes so obvious that when you've got pharmaceutical companies getting sponsored, when you've got, I mean, Angela Merkel, instead of helping people with the floods in Germany, all of the agencies were asked to step down. The police, the military, police was busy arresting people for not wearing masks whilst people were starving and were losing their homes because of these floods. But at the same time, Angela Merkel just donated $260 million 
to the World Health Organization. Hmm. So what is she asking for in return? Critical thinking. Well, and, and that's a it's a it's a dying. Uh, unfortunately, it's a dying skill. Um, it's something that used to just be a, co a common thing, but it's become incredibly uncommon. And you can't you can't ask those questions like, you know, and I'm not afraid to say I I, I'm, I'm a, I work for the government and I also am a part of the military as well. And, and I was talking to some of my colleagues and I just asked a couple questions. Hey, you know, all the stuff that happened in 2020 and we had a lot of rioting and everything in 2020 and we, we weren't really utilized, I think, to our full potential to protect small businesses, that sort of thing. So, I mean, it was it was complete disaster in over 100 cities in this country. Um, but then for some reason this year, it's just people are going like federal agencies are being exhausted and being thrown around and it's all COVID related. And it's just this focus. It's like, well, wait a minute, where was this focus when all this craziness was happening last year? Why, what is so special about COVID? Like we can't, we can't question it. And once again, I, you know, it's like, I, I can't bring this stuff up. I can't ask these questions. People just start whispering and, you know, it's crazy. Well, it gets worse than that. I mean, even uh, two or three days ago, I had um, uh, uh, someone I contract to uh, insert themselves into a conversation on one of the social media platforms. And the, uh, uh, the comments were quite clearly directed at me with regards to um, uh, reserving the right to terminate any contract uh, if people were peddling misinformation on social media and basically, um, you know, at the end of the day, employers and potential contract uh, or head, heads of contract would be looking at social media with regards to the type of information we were peddling out there. And I discussed it in my circles and I said, well, that's interesting because none of what I have put forward you know, everything I've put forward has been, you, you've been able to substantiate it with legal documentation, court documents that, that have been lodged in public courts, um, documentation that has been released uh, internally from the vaccine companies, uh, documentation that has been uh, released with regards to um, uh, statistics, whether it be PCR statistics, um, uh, death statistics, or whether it's been uh, court determinations worldwide with regards to PCR testing, um, you know, websites where you can quite freely obtain legal information and information from subject matter experts, whether it be scientific, um, legal or medical. Um, but no, we're conspiracy theorists and we have to be careful what we peddle and what misinformation we put out there. And it's quite concerning that people have lost the foundation skill or what, what we call here in Australia employability skill of uh, critical thinking. And it's part of a whole bunch of skills that seems seems to have been lost over the years, which is, you know, your, your initiative and enterprise, your problem solving and your critical thinking. And these are all what I call the MacGyver skills. Where are they? Have we become so lazy that, you know, we're just seduced or hypnotised, as Dr. Reiner Fulmich calls it, hypnotised by mainstream media, and we simply believe everything we're being told. 
Well, I think so much of this, you can ask just a couple of just common sense questions. And I tell people all the time, like, you know, the, the first thing I want to know, you know, is, well, w- what is the truth? You know, who determines what that truth is and what happens to the people that disagree? And I usually start there and then I'll go into who make, you know, financially benefits, that sort of thing. But when we have like our, our press secretary, our White House, you know, publicly state, hey, we're working with with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube um, to censor those who spread disinformation, misinformation. And there were people that actually applauded that. And I'm waving my hand in the back like, well, wait a minute. Who who are they like who gets the who, who are they to decide what's true and and who gives them that power to be able to step down and and shut me down because they just make that determination. Hey, we don't like what you're saying. And then that's it. You know, there's no recourse. There's no rebuttal. There's no opportunity um, uh, to to push back or, or anything. It, it's crazy. And, and so many people are like cheering for that stuff. I know. I know. And they don't realize that they're cheering for their freedoms to disappear. And, um, you, you know, I've been quite verbal in my circles and, and outside of my circles about I'll tell you a little story. Um, I was only, uh, you know, 12, 13 years old when I came to Australia, but I, I remember this as clear as a bell. Because my mother's family came from East Germany, we still had a lot of East German relatives stuck in East Germany uh, after the war. And I can remember that my parents on many occasions would prepare parcels with what you and I would consider to be basic things, but they didn't have because they were under a fascist, um, almost communist regime. Um, So there was often coffee, chocolate, stockings. And I can remember even in the 1980s, photographs of weddings. We had photographs of weddings in West Germany that were coloured. They were still taking photos in black and white. They were driving around in old Eastern Bloc 1960s cars. And I can remember that every letter, bearing in mind that in those days there was no social media, there was no email, there was the old telephone with via the telephone line, and there was writing mail, as in writing letters. Every letter was opened and censored. If you made a phone call, we could hear the clicking in the line with people listening in. That's where we're headed. And I keep saying to people, are you scared yet? Because that's where we're going. They're censoring our social media. They're tracking us on on our uh, smartphones. They're trying to get us to QR code in and check in everywhere. Um, You know, they're they're censoring our emails. Uh, It goes on and on and on and on. And this is where we're headed. And I don't know about you, but that is very scary because that's the very thing we walked away from. You know, mm-hmm. that, that system was creeping across from Russia. And I can remember my parents spent the 1960s with their suitcases permanently packed because they were worried that that system was going to keep coming across, keep, keep creeping across Europe. So it was always our intentions to leave Europe. It was always our intentions to find a free country. And I can't believe that people are so oblivious and or welcoming to this censorship, to this this mis 
information of, of truth to to believing that the mainstream media is 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 the single source of truth i mean have a look at uh, uh jacinda ardern the new new zealand prime minister some of the things I'm hearing reminds me of World War II, reminds me of, of, of Nazi Germany. And I know that sounds extreme, but that's where we're headed. Because well, once you start er er eroding away on those freedoms, where does it end? Where does it stop? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's said that, uh, you know, history doesn't always repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. And if people go back and, and, and they look at Germany in, in the late, in the late, uh, I would say the mid thirties into the early forties. And, and you look at that path, you know, there, there are a lot of similarities um, that it's, that it's almost scary. I mean, there was censorship that became a big thing and isolation and, you know, all these different agendas and propaganda was being pushed and, and segregation. Hitler was, you know, segregation. Se segregation and Hitler was pushing to get radios in everyone's home and they can only listen to his broadcast at certain times. And it was very scientific and very methodical, you know, and they use the technology of that time to achieve a certain ends. And here we are now where you can reach, you know, hundreds of millions of people quite easily. You know, and if you control those conduits of, of information gathering and fact finding and you control those narratives, I mean, you could do some real damage and we'll overseeing it. Of course, of course. And, and what concerns me is that, you know, when you look at the information that governments have to make available to us, and they have to be publicly available for everyone to access it. I understand that a lot of people don't know how to access that, that information. I understand that a lot of people don't have the patience to read through, you know, 205-page dossiers and, and legal documentation and court documentation. I get that. But the information must be publicly available, and yet certain things are disappearing. Oh, yeah, I, I've gone back. Um, because there were a lot of YouTube videos and things I made. It was mostly focused on um, a lot of the, the racial justice stuff that was happening last year in this country. And then I started to focus a little bit more on uh, ties between the, uh, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, um, and some American businesses. And, uh, of course, I started being hit with a lot of censorship there. But there's so much. There's so many articles and things that I use. And I, I went back and it's like, I just I can't find that stuff to save my life unless I saved it on my hard drive somewhere, but the things that, you know, I could just yes. easily Google, that yes. stuff is layered or it's just gone. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly right. And that's concerning because what that means is that they are censoring the information that they're releasing to us. And, and you know, it just, it's, it's frustrating to say the least, but I think the most frustrating thing is, and I'm not sure what your numbers are, but I mean, Reiner Fulmich, when you listen to his legal conferences with some of these subject matter experts, is estimating that anywhere up to 80% of people are not well informed and have their head in the sand. And they're the ones that are believing everything that is being fed to them by mainstream media and that the governments are telling them. And that's really concerning. We have a large number of Australians that were not aware that uh, Melbourne and Victoria signed up for the Belt and Road project, which is Chinese, that uh, mm -hmm. Melbourne joined the Strong Cities Network. Uh, you know, these, they, they, these things are very, very concerning because they're, they're occurring right under our nose and, and nobody knows. And, and 
you know, these some of these people are very highly educated people and they're and they're very intelligent people. I think there's a difference though between academic intelligence and actually taking a interest and being accountable for what's happening with our country from a political point of view or from a medical point of view or from a scientific point of view. Oh, and you know, it last year it took me a while to kind of hone in on that because you know, a lot of friends that have, you know, you know, master's degrees and, and doctorates and all that stuff and or they're completing their PhD. And there are some of them where I would just talk about like, hey, you know, here's some of the numbers from, you know, uh, vaccine deaths and here are the millions of adverse reactions, yada, yada, yada. And it conspiracy theory, this, this. All right. Well, here's some links. Here's some information. You know, th these are all reliable sources. Some of it is, is straight from the CDC, straight from the horse's mouth. Um, and still, it's like, wait a minute, because I, I, I would always assume like, okay, well, this person is highly educated. Um, how are they not putting this together? Why aren't they curious about something as serious as this? And no, it just, the research stops wherever CNN stops or, or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever, and that's it. They, don't, they won't take the extra yep. step. <laughs> and I think they've been institutionalized as well. So, for example, uh, a lot of people I know um, have been part of the university sector for some time. So it's almost like they have blinkers on with regards to the research that they conduct and the work that they conduct is limited to their, their area of expertise. They don't seem to take any interest outside of that. And, I mean, we've got um, – there's a lady here in Australia and she's actually uh, uh, from – uh, the States. Uh, her name is uh, Professor Gigi Foster. And she's been very, very, very instrumental and very active uh, 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 in Australia. She works for one of the universities uh, in, um, I think she's part of the School of Economics. And she's been presenting lots and lots and lots of statistics and data and research to our politicians and uh, to parliament. Uh, she's been on 60 Minutes. Um, and she was saying the same thing, that she is surrounded by intelligent people, but because they've been uh, institutionalised within the universities and within the academic sector, they don't look outside of that, you know. And, and even the other day I, I went into a shop and I wasn't wearing my mask because I just refused to muzzle up. And um, uh, one of the guys that was serving me, I know he's currently going through a uh, Bachelor of Education uh, at one of the universities. So he's going to be one of our educators in the schools. And he said to me, why aren't you wearing your mask? And I said, well, because I refuse to play this game. And, you know, I have asthma and it actually makes me quite sick. And he said, well, we'd be out of these lockdowns and we wouldn't have to go through what we're going through in Australia if everyone just did as they're told. Mm. I just looked at him and I said, because I speak my truth, I said, you know, for somebody that's getting a university degree and is nearly finished with their university degree in education, I would have thought that you were one of the smarter ones who would actually look for information and critically analyse the information that's out mm -hmm. there instead of believing everything that is on mainstream media. I said, if you look into the legal documentation, the scientific documentation, the amount of subject matter experts that are coming forward, uh, whether they're on Reiner Fulmich's team or not, uh, there's, there's subject matter experts, doctors, lawyers coming forward everywhere, and they are presenting the real information. 
And you need to read that and you need to examine that and you need to critically analyse what you're going to discount and what you're not going to discount. And he said, I'm listening to the experts and they're the government. And I just looked at him and I said, well, then there's no hope. See, that's... This is what what we're looking at. We're, We're looking at intelligent people that are getting degrees at university truly believe that the government is the expert. It's it's absolutely uh, it, it's shocking, and I, I used to, I was surprised by that stuff at first. Um, I would say like last summer to to fall, um, but after a while, I I just I reach a point where I I just have to walk away from from some of those conversations. And you know, if someone is willing to have a just civil discourse and and they're open to to ideas or, or new information, because that's how critical thinking, free thinking individuals are like, Hey, I have this position, but if you present factual, strong evidence that may lean in another direction, I may go in that direction because I followed the facts no matter where they go. Um, But so it's so, so many interactions I've had. I had one actually at a pizza shop. Uh, I took my daughter and we weren't wearing our mask and kind of the same circumstances. and, And someone brought up the mask and I looked around at all these people stuffing their faces with pizza and they don't have their masks on. And I looked around and I just kind of laughed. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, okay, so what about all those people? Oh, were, were their customers? They've already, you know, they ordered their food. They're sitting down, they're eating. Okay, so does COVID know that? Is that is that how that works? Where it waits, you eat? And then it's the same thing at the pubs. Like, oh, wait, you know, COVID waits till 10 p.m. And then it caught like, what? this doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And it's it's no longer science. It's pushing a narrative. And it's and, and the narrative, and you've noticed this as well. I, I I see this on some of your social media posts. The narrative changes, and it changes as they needed to change in order to achieve the end, whatever the end may be. I'm not going to be a con- conspiracy theorist and 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 uh, make stuff up. Um, I keep saying to people when they say, "Oh, this is the end goal," and this is the end goal, and I say, "Well, who says?" How do we really know? Because we don't even know who's behind this. We don't even know the, the, the real people that are, that are driving this thing. So how do we know what the end is? What we do know is what the World uh, Economic Forum publishes. We do know what Klaus Schwab's book says. We do know what the CDC says. We do know what the World Health Organization says. We can see what Fauci says every day doesn't matter whether he changes his mind. He's all over the place. That in itself should make people question the credibility of somebody. We do know what the scientific papers say. We do know what the US Patent Office has got registered in US patents. We do know what Dr. David Martin says. We know what Dr. Reiner Formey says. And I can tell you there's no science that says that any virus, doesn't matter what the virus is, knows that, oh, it's 10 o'clock, I have to go and retreat, or, oh, I won't attack these people because they're sitting down and they're eating. Or Or I'm going to attack these people because they're protesting something that goes against the government, but I'm not going to attack these other people that are protesting something that the government supports. That's right. It's the the, the rationale is gone. There's no science in this logic. It isn't logic. And that's what I get so frustrated about uh, when I say to people, have you actually looked at what what the, what you're believing? Have you actually looked at 
what you're being presented with and you blindly believe it. I mean, you can, you can spend 12 months training a dog and you can have a subject matter expert to train this dog and you'll be quite stunned with what this dog is able to do and what we've got a, a virus that miraculously popped up out of nowhere 18 months ago and it knows the difference between people sitting down and standing up. It knows the difference whether you're standing in the street or whether you're inside in a cafe. It knows the difference whether you're wearing a mask or not. I mean, talk about mask wearing. It, it's mind-boggling as a logical person. When you look at how masks are being treated in a surgical environment and what we do with our masks and they're supposedly protecting us. So for starters, a surgeon scrubs in. And I don't know, it takes 15, 20 minutes to scrub in. When they're fully scrubbed in, a nurse turns up and puts a mask on the person, on the surgeon. After four hours, that mask is clinically disposed of. A nurse comes, replaces the mask, and it's clinically disposed of. And that nurse who has taken that mask and replaced it doesn't go anywhere near the surgery. Everything so you I don't, you don't just me. throw it on the ground? You don't just throw it on the ground or just throw it out the window or anything like that? No, they don't put it in their pocket. They don't put it on the table where they're eating. They don't, I mean, have you seen these people? They take it off in the car and they have it on their lap. They get out of the car, it falls off their lap on the street. They leave it there. Some of them pick it up and put it back on their face. They stick it in their top pocket when they go in to have a cup of coffee, but then they take it out of their top pocket and put it back on their face. Now, you look at the scientific research and the scientific evidence on that, they've taken some of these masks after seven or eight hours of wearing them, and they've scientifically analysed them in a lab. And they're full of bacteria, pneumonia breeding bacteria, which explains why last August I was forced to wear a mask for two days in a course. By 12 o'clock every single day, both those days, I had splitting headaches. One, because I wasn't breathing deeply enough. Two, because it was such a nuisance to take your mask off to drink water. I wasn't drinking enough water. By Sunday afternoon, I had two massive asthma attacks and I hadn't had an asthma attack for six years because I managed it very carefully. By Monday morning, I had a chest. Doesn't take Einstein to work out that that mask wasn't helping me. And yet we have millions of people worldwide believing that the mask is the right thing to do. But when you have a look at the scientific evidence of how surgeons use the mask in a clinical environment, it's completely different to what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, it, it's it, it's fascinating to, to watch. And and I've had quite a few back and forth to, you know, where I reach the point where I just say, hey, you know, freedom of choice. You know, if you just leave me alone, if you want to sure. put your mask on and give yourself all kinds of respiratory problems 10 years from now, knock For yourself sure. out. For if you sure. want to get some and shot or whatever that might, you know, mess you up or something, that's your business. But leave me and my family out of it. For sure. 
I'm 100% behind you. And this is what I keep saying to people. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm not trying to persuade you. I'm not giving you misinformation, but just don't push your things on me. Don't force me to wear a mask. Don't force me to get a vaccine that is untried and untested. Don't force me to check in everywhere so that everybody knows where I am all the time. I mean, one of the reasons why I bought 20,000 square metres of land and why I live in the bush on acreage is because I want to be left alone. I don't want people to come and know where I am every five minutes. If you want to do that, however, and you want to check in and do your QR code and wear your mask and all the rest of it, then fine, do that. I'm not going to argue with you. But I think the respect and the courtesy has to be both ways. If you're not prepared to do critical thinking, if you're not prepared to question the governments with their narrative and their agenda, if you're not prepared to question uh, mainstream media and wear your mask and you want to get vaccinated and all of those things, that's fantastic. Good luck to you. But don't push it on us and don't ostracise us for not wearing our masks and not wanting to get vaccinated. And I think that's what people have missed, is that the freedom of choice is being eroded away on. Well, and there's even this big uh, propaganda push happening in, in, in this country. I'm sure it's happening everywhere else where um, now that enough people have received the shot, enough people have shown that they're on board um, with wearing their wonderful symbol, their, their muzzle, you know, that now there's this divide. So you have two groups of people. We already have a bunch of other divisions, especially in this country, but the, the big one now is the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And so now there's this propaganda push stating that, okay, well, the, the unvaccinated are the problem. You know, the, the, now the Delta variant is, you know, it's an unvaccinated issue. It's the unvaccinated that's spreading it around the fastest. And all. Yeah. even though there's no information that supports it, it actually supports the contrary, that there's the vaccinated that are actually spreading it around. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah, and it's very that. clear. It's very clear when you look at the scientific evidence that's being, that's being released. It's very clear that, uh, you know, up to 80% of the vaccinated um, are now uh, carrying these, these variants and, and, uh, and, and the original uh, virus. And, and that's quite clear when Israel, um, you know, you've just got to look at some of the statistics and dig a little bit deeper. Um, and, yes, the division is very big in that people are now saying, you know, Sibi, why can't you just do as you're told? But what for? Well, to protect us. But if you're wearing a mask and you're getting vaccinated, then you are protected, supposedly. So why do you want me to do this as well? And the logic has left the room. The logic is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, Even after you make that statement, they still, you'll still get that deer in the headlights, wide eye, you know, and you, you're waiting for it to click. You're waiting for their brain to catch it, but it's they just will stare at you like, well, what do you mean? You know. <laughs> I know, I know, and and it's it's come to where you know this this is the reality here in Australia at the moment. Everybody is afraid to speak up because the government has peddled this whole thing. If you go out and demonstrate, we will arrest you. We will find find you. We will find you and hunt you down. So everyone's afraid. Do you know how many people I have on the phone every day that are telling me they're depressed? 
that are telling me that there is no hope. Where is the out? Where's the where's the end to all this? They don't agree. They understand the facts, but they're too afraid to speak. And they've chosen what I call the path of least resistance because nobody likes conflict. You know, I know so many people that have said to me, Sib, I just, I can't be like you. I, I go into the shop. I've got to do what I've got to do. And I just do as I'm told. I just, it's just easier to wear my mask. And I go, but don't you understand that if you don't agree with it, you should have the right not to do it. Providing, you know, you're not being abusive to somebody else or you're not harming somebody else in, a, in, an, in an obvious manner. You should be able to have that choice. Oh, but Sib, I don't like conflict. It's just easier. And my comment to them is, well, here's where our numbers are dwindling. If we don't, if we can't support each other, if we can't stand up for our rights and it's easier not to have your rights, then where does it end? we'll end up with no rights. And the amount of people I've got on the phone on a day-to-day -day basis that say to me they want to give up, you know, they're suicidal, they're, they're, they're losing their businesses, they're losing their they're losing, they're going insane because and you've got to remember our lockdowns are very severe at the moment. You know, we, we've got police patrolling the street and the freeways and the, and the, if you leave your house, you must have a legitimate reason to leave your house. If you're not wearing your mask, you will get fined. That's extreme. Mm. And there's a lot of people that have lost heart and a lot of people that have lost their courage. And I think, you know, the division is there uh, the, the, and the government is, I think, whether you're talking about the state government or the federal government, I think they're um, capitalising on that on on the, on people giving in, people saying, you know what, it's all too hard. I'll just wear my mask. It's just like anything else, though. With any other creature, you know, yes, we're very sophisticated, but at the end of the day, we're we're animals. And if you you take any animal and you keep them in a constant state of fear, constant state of fight or flight. You know they're they're more um, they're more susceptible to suggestion. You could teach them to do just about anything, and if you if you just hold on long enough, they they will break. Everyone has that point, and yes. in this country, it's been like a year plus of just constant, just getting hammered over. You know whether it's COVID or or, or vaccines or social justice, racial justice. You know all this stuff going on, the election stuff. I mean, people are just exhausted and they think yeah. maybe if, if I just give them what they want, they'll leave me alone. <laughs> yes. And it's mentally, emotionally and physically exhausted because obviously if you're mentally and, and um, you know, uh, emotionally always in a state of fight or flight, then, you know, things start happening to your body. You're starting to pump all the wrong type of uh, hormones and adrenaline and it starts to uh, have a, a physical impact on your physical well-being. And, look, I'm in education and I always say to people, uh, have you heard about the, uh, the flea experiment? And we're essentially no different to fleas. If you take a whole bunch of fleas and you put them in a jar, they will jump out. But if you put a lid on the jar and they hit their head on the lid for long enough, you can take that lid off the jar and no flea will jump out. Now, that's, that's a fact. We're like that. We're exactly like that. So they're trying to put the lid on the jar and eventually 
people will hit their head on the lid for too long, too often, and eventually we will just not jump that high. Hmm. And it's quite sad, really. Well, um, it's a, it's a it's a sad thing to witness, and well, in this country, it was. I, it's something that many of us could see coming. Well, not many of us, but some of us could see coming a mile away. Is um, people became more and more incurious about their government and incurious about what what a uh, what an efficient and appropriate government should do and, and what their their actual role is. Um, it, it was just only a matter of time with the expansions that have happened, government expansion in this country. I mean, just over the past twenty years, it's ballooned to just astronomical proportions and laws coming down like i mean get, getting thrown down like candy and the more you read into it the more it's just like what what does that have to do with this you know and like wait a minute this is called the liberty act i don't see anything about liberty i see a bunch of stuff putting money here giving money you know yep yeah it's cleverly disguised it's clever yeah. i always say to people it's a bit like a chess game right and when you're playing chess you don't want to reveal your next move to your opposition and and everything has to be you know, it's a game. And and if you can disguise something as something else but still get your way, why not? You know, the art of war. But people don't see it. They truly believe that every government and the supposed experts that the governments are putting forward have your best interest at heart. And it comes back to if money and power is involved i don't believe that's the case and it goes back for thousands of years if there is a conflict of interest either sparked by money or power they don't have your best interest at heart it's up to us we and each and every one of us is accountable for making sure that our best interests are being looked after by the public servants that we engage to do that job. And this is what we all have to remember as well. These are public servants. Doesn't get any simpler than that in the English language. They serve the public. They're supposed to be serving the public. They're getting paid with our tax dollars. So we're accountable. We have to make sure that they serve the public and look after our best interests. You can't just stick your head in the sand and hope for the best and think that they will do that when there's millions, in, in some cases, billions of dollars involved and power. And as yeah. you, know, you know, you know this, you know this. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep, that, and that, that hits the nail right, right on the head, right, right on the head. And hopefully, you know, I'm glad we have these outlets and, and channels or well, the few that are left where we can, where we can talk freely and, and openly about a lot of these topics. And, you know, I, uh, fortunately people are, are starting to pick up and, and listen in and, and uh, uh, through different social media accounts, through, uh, through this podcast and others. So, you know, that's, it's all good information. And, you know, I, I definitely want us to, um, definitely come come back together you know if you come back on um we can discuss a little bit further about just some other developments happening in in, uh, in your neck of the woods in your country because i feel like people just aren't you know i 
I didn't know about some of this stuff until, you know, a few weeks ago. And I, I think it's important that we get this stuff out. We spread it out, you know, and so thank you. Before, thank you. No, no problem. And no problem. I really appreciate the fact that you are taking an interest and you're having me on your, on your podcast. Um, and, and maybe you and I can, can encourage people to, to look at some of these other sources of truth, sources of scientific evidence and legal evidence um, and dig a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And to the listeners out there, you know, as always, just it's okay to, it's okay to say no. And it's okay to, to do your own research and ask questions. This is just, just basic stuff that you should be able to do in a free society, unless we are not living in a free society. And if that's the case, let me know and I will pack my bags, be on my way and I'll find another society that's actually free. So, you know, you and me but with that, uh, thanks you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Sibby, for, for coming on. Um, we'll, we'll definitely communicate more. We'll, we'll link up again in the future and, and uh, you can give us some more updates on what's happening over there. Thank you. It's been lovely being on. Really appreciate it. Yep. And uh, thank you, listeners. And as always, I appreciate your, your feedback and I appreciate your support. Um, and, and tune in next time. I'll have some more, some more fresh content for you. Snell Nation out.